Hello and welcome to Whip Chat, episode number two. My name is Christian and I'm a whip enthusiast. I love cracking them, making them, and in general just nerding out about the oldest way mankind has been breaking the sound barrier. In fact, in each episode we will be talking to a member of the whip community. We will see where the conversation takes us, but in general we will be talking about the growing sport of whip cracking and about whip making. In this second episode, we chat with Johnny Ogren from Witchcraft Whips about not only the LA Whip Convention that occurred in early 2020, but a lot about whip making and even a tour of his workshop. Please note that this was originally a live video with Johnny, and the tour portion especially benefits from seeing the video. This video and many others can be found by heading over to YouTube and doing a search for Whip Chat. That's Whip Space Chat. And be sure to hit subscribe while you're there. And without further ado, I give you Whip Chat, Episode 2, and Johnny Ogren. Hello and welcome to the LA WhipCon 2021 virtual competition. And every year, we normally would be in LA doing a meet and greet with cracking and targeting and generally hanging out and talking about all things whips. And of course, we would do competitions just like we're doing virtually this year. And this year is obviously very different because of COVID and our quarantine and so forth. We are doing this virtually. And of course, one of the things we miss the most is the camaraderie and hanging out with other people. Today, we are doing that and hopefully bringing um, us all together with wonderful things like what we're doing right here. Today, I'm joined with Johnny Ergreen. Ergreen. Nope, I screwed Ergreen, it up. Oh. But, um, for all my foreign friends, Ogreen is absolutely good. Ogreen. All right. You're welcome to Texas. You're Ogreen now. So. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- like I said, we... We miss hanging out with the, our friends, right? We don't get to see you. I mean, you're on the other side no. of the world for me, but yeah. uh, it's a pandemic. Yeah, it is what it is, you know, but uh, right. technology, that's a good thing in these situations. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully to that end, we can uh, bridge the gap just a little bit. So for those that haven't heard probably other interviews and all with you over the years, um, how long have you been cracking whips? And tell me a little bit about yourself. I know that last year you, you took second place in the whip, the leather whip design at the LA WhipCon, which is super impressive. Congratulations. Well, thank you. But I, it was third, third place. place. It should have been second yeah. place. I'll put it that way. Should have been yeah. first place. It was beautiful. No. You know, <laughs> Evan Fava got second and uh, Blake uh, Gory got first. And I'm happy to lose to those guys. Yeah. So uh, they they were all beautiful. I don't know how they how they picked. Um, yeah. Well, either way, congratulations. And um, I, I want to talk more about that here in just a minute. But how long have you been cracking whips and been into the, the whip world, as it were? Well, I think I got into whip making in 2014, I believe it was. Uh, most people get into whips, you know, from the movies and stuff like that. But I sort of ventured into it from the craft side of things. I started uh, making some small leather items. And then I just got a weird idea to make a whip to put on the wall. Ah, and, yeah. Uh, started researching how to go about 
building a whip and everything else uh, when it comes to leather work sort of faded away it was all whips it's, it's kind of and, the pinnacle uh, yeah for sure so it is it, i said this before like whip making is such a small part of leather crafts and stuff like that but the rabbit hole might be small but it's very deep <laughs> yeah as much like the whip yeah once you fall into it so yeah i got into it from from a arts and crafts sort of perspective and then i just started tracking right. them right so it's fairly it's only been the last few years you've really rocketed off to such a uh, amazing level of skill and and artistry in it it's it's really stunning and anyone that hasn't seen your work definitely needs to go to your 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 website what was that uh, witchcraft whips witchcraftwhips.se so it's dot dot com i hopefully can make it dot com later but dot se all right yeah definitely everyone should go and check that out um so going back to the our our competition our, our whipcon obviously it's very different for you because you're still on the other side of the world you're in sweden correct yep. Yep. and i mean no, no trip to california so you have to show no, us now. This year, I was quite disappointed this past Monday because I got a reminder on my phone. Remember to go to Gate. Oh because no! I had my, well, I had my uh, tickets booked like uh, for about ten months or so. I essentially just stepped off the plane last year and booked my return flight for for this year. Wow! Um, yeah, like that's just like how it said, is. It is how it is. Yeah. So. How how else has it been different? I mean, both positives and negatives. Obviously, you're not having to travel, but uh, is there anything that's been a positive for you doing this new virtual competition, as it were? Well, I, I think the virtual competition is um, really great in a way because, you know, we have the opportunity to still have a lot of uh, whip-related fun together. And it also is a great opportunity for people who can't make it out to participate as well, which is fantastic. The The real bummer is, like you were saying before, you know, not getting to hang out with right. anyone. And uh, the, the one thing that I was really looking forward to, except for just hanging out with people, is the whip-making competition, obviously. Right. Because I'm, I'm a, truth be told, you know, I know how to crack a whip, but I'm more of a whip-maker than I am a right. cracker. You're not looking to unseat Adam Winrich anytime soon? Uh, not in a foreseeable <laughs> future, at least. You're doing the Australian competition circuit maybe next year, right? Maybe so, next year, yeah. Right. No, it, you, you definitely, that, that is where you excel. And it, it's, I mean, I've seen you crack your webs as well. You do. It's beautiful. I love the flow that you do. It's just so smooth, which probably is a testament to your whips and whip making as well. Just how well, beautiful they roll out. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I, I was listening to your um, interview with uh, Justin yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were guys were talking about the routines and stuff like that, right. how people maybe did like 50 <laughs> or 60 takes. But um, the, the, the one that I make, you know, I don't expect to win anything because that was just me going outside. It was really cold. It was like minus 23 Celsius. I believe that's like minus 45 oh Fahrenheit. Goodness. So that, that was literally the first and one only take. Oh. And uh, I didn't have a routine planned out. I just made, you know, the required cracks and just went at it. But um, I, I saw wasn't it. It looks good. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not the best cracking I've done, right. it's not the worst either. But um, speaking of routines and stuff like that, I, I didn't really have anything in mind. I normally don't like, you know, making up certain routines. I'm not really a fancy whip cracker. And mm -hmm. truth be told, I'm not that into learning really advanced tricks. Because, you know, like I said, I'm more about the whip making, whips like that. Right. So right. me crack, cracking whips, that's just me enjoying the whip in a way like it was a glass of wine i want to <laughs> feel all the nuances and stuff like that but i'm sure not that much for difficult tricks no and i can appreciate that too because i think there are is more people like that than we might expect um there are certainly are people that want to learn a dance and all the steps and all yeah. the turns and twists and dips that go into it um, and do it exactly the same way each time. And you can be, have a very perfectionist way to attack that. Um, but there is something to be said to someone that approaches it more of a flow arts approach mm -hmm. to where it's what feels good, what you go into, what you're comfortable with. And sometimes those, I mean, you can feel that coming through when some of those flow artists are using their whips um and it'll be interesting to talk to more people like that as well but uh you know like you said you were looking forward to the whip making competition yeah. what is it that i mean aside from just entering the competition and making something and looking forward to participating and having someone judge your work what else is it about that that you enjoyed when you were there and that you were looking forward to well, it's a great opportunity, you know, not just a whip making competition per se, but just getting to see so many whips from so many different makers. And then, you know, entering your work into a competition where, you know, highly qualified judges can look at your work and give you constructive criticism, maybe. Sure. Or maybe point out certain things that are really good and stuff like that. So it's really a great part in sort of evolving as a whip maker. Now, the competition last year was the first one I entered, but I would love, you know, to enter more competitions, not, you know, in pursuit of medals and stuff like that, but just to uh, sort of get that input from uh, both sure. the judges and other people, you know, looking at your work. Right. I mean, the judges were, what, Adam and Peter Thorndike. Is that correct? Uh, Peter Thorndike and, and uh, Paul Nolan. Paul Nolan, that's right. Yeah, the, and not to mention everyone else there that was looking at the work that you could talk sure, to. For sure. Yeah, uh, both. Wow, those are amazing uh, to have that sort of feedback. Was there anything in particular that you took away last year that you've been able to implement over this year? Well, uh, maybe a wee bit in uh, strand preparations because, because, you know, making a really nice whip, I'd say more than 50% is uh, making really good strands. Sure. And uh, the, the whip that I entered in the competition was a 48 plat uh, in the handle and a 24 plat in the thigh. And I'm not really accustomed to making, you know, that high plat counts. Normally I'm between, you know, 12 plat and a 24 plat in that realm. And I'm quite, you know, comfortable sure. making sure. those platforms. But, you know, jumping from 24 up to 48, that's a massive difference. 
So working with the strands, you know, that fine. I think I cut them to one one point six oh miles, something like that. Goodness. Just, yeah, just prepping them. You know, it's it's not like uh, working with a six mil strand. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I really had some uh, room for improvement in the strand pre preparations of strands that narrow. So I got some really good pointers. When it yeah, comes I. To that, so I'm really happy. That's great. That's great. I mean, I can even see behind you. It looks like you've got some high plat count designs in the yeah, works there. I think that one, partially at least, is from the um, uh, competition whip that I made last year. Oh, okay. Because I, I was working on the patterns like, I don't know, four or five months before that. And I sort of printed them out and had them on my wall just to have them in the corner of my eye all the time to see if I need to change anything. Here we experienced a small technical difficulty. Pardon the interruption. And we're back for part two with Johnny Ogren. So, yeah, we were talking about how, well, how we're going to do a whip-making meetup virtually. And, yeah, it's, it's tricky. And I wanted to talk to you and see if you have, maybe I should have warned you about this ahead of time. If you have anything handy, just show off. Talk a little bit about something you're particularly excited about right now or something you've learned specially this year. I don't know if you have some strands you wanted to talk about. I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to show off anything. Um, but if not, that's okay. We can continue to chat about. I One of the things I'm, that... Uh, looking around the shop, trying to find something The the, the issue is that most whips I make normally <laughs> gets packed up and shipped. The <laughs> True. Whip, so I, I don't have much stuff laying around to really show off. But, I uh, definitely will have people go to your website. I, I really like the, the mobile uh, base that you made, the, the whip making station over there behind yeah. you. I think that's really clever. And, I mean, I see pieces from different whip makers. I, I definitely see some Peter Thorndike influence on, on the way that it's designed there. Um, and how you've continued to refine it to meet your needs. Um, have you made any major updates to it since you initially posted you, about the design? You want to get a yeah, quick yeah, down of it? Let's do that. Could you, yeah. Are we mobile enough for that? Yeah, let's do some. Yeah, let's do that. Stuff. How exciting. Here. Maybe if I can uh, flip the camera around as well. Nope. Nope. Okay. Anyway. We're gonna do it like this. Uh, so yeah, the basic setup is uh, much like the one I saw Peter Thorndike use, um, where you have uh, the double vices, one on either right. side. And um, that's really handy because, uh, yeah, this is semi-portable. I, I got it clamped to my workbench right here, so it's nice and solid on there. But uh, if I um, need to travel to go do a um, workshop or whatever, I can just unclamp it, throw it in the trunk of my car, and uh, get on my way. And um, I especially like the double vices because if I'm doing a matched pair, I can mm -hmm. work on one whip, one side, and work the other one right here. Ah. And if I'm doing a workshop, I can be working in one vice, and if one of the students is having some difficulties with with whatever, they can clamp their work right here, and we can work side by side, and I can show them. I see. I see. And I see you've added when, some whenever, pockets and things as well. 
Yeah, I got some basic tools that I need. I got some pliers and some fids and spare blades. I also mounted uh, some extra lighting here on top. Okay, yeah. And uh, I got a switch on the back so I can turn it on and off. That's very clever. And just some sure. a holder for some sinew right here. And yeah. How much space do you have behind you from that workspace to the wall? Well, I got about, I'd say, eight feet, give or take. Okay, so you can do quite a bit of work without having yeah. to move the move the work up on the vice. Exactly. Awesome. I like, like that a lot. And uh, you mentioned workshops. Uh, I've seen different posts where, yeah, you're in a classroom type setting, it seems like, and you're showing all these people. Tell me yeah, a little bit about that. How often and, and all? Yeah, that uh, the most recent workshop I made was, uh, well, almost a year ago. Then COVID got the better of us. And um, that was in a uh, Sadlery school, actually, um, a couple oh. of hours south of me. So they got in touch with me and wanted me to make a, um, or do a whip making workshop, really. So um, we spent about, uh, let's see, we met for one day and um, I gave them sort of the basic of everything. And then I got some homework to make the insides of the whip. And then we met uh, a couple of weeks later and we got to work on the overlay. And uh, then we're going to have a last meetup to put the knots on the whips and uh, do the finishing touches. But um, due to COVID, we had to cancel and make that a right. virtual right. event. That's, do do so, you do that very often? It looked like it was really successful from the pictures you showed. Yeah, I would say it was. We had about... Um, we we had uh, 15 students attend, I wow. think, or was it 18? Uh, but, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to, uh, I, I can make plaiting workshops where you learn the basics of cutting strands and stuff like that and do some mm -hmm. basic braiding. But for a whip workshop, uh, the groups need to be kind of small. You know, it's really difficult having, you know, 15 people pulling at you from all angles where you, everyone needs help with different things and stuff like that. So... When it comes to whips, I really prefer making one-on-one workshops. Sure. In classes. There's but, so much um, detail, I, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it's really useful to be able to work side-by-side side with someone and really show them their hands-on stuff and things like that. Yeah. But, um, I'm really hoping to do more both plaiting and whip-making workshops because it's great fun. Have you thought about doing virtual workshops worldwide? <laughs> no, I haven't really. I am, uh, I can't say too much, but I'm working on something that um, might be of use for the up-and-coming awesome. makers out there. Oh, that's exciting. But, I uh, look forward to hearing from it. More on that later. <laughs> All right. Well, not to interrupt, we have uh, several people that have joined our, our uh, live here and want to say hi and see if anyone has any questions. Um, we've got Keith Smith. We've got Isaac El Eliason. And we've got Rufus Roughcut. We've got several people joining us. So if you guys have any questions, they're they're admiring the the, the dome here, the pair. Oh. <laughs> yep. But Great yeah, if you guys have any questions, <laughs> yeah, if you guys have any questions, shout it out. We can chat about it. Um, I I think we could join more people to this call too. If 
I don't know if you guys have a button to push to try to join. I could accept you if you want to chat about it because that's what this is all about is having that hangout. If you and I were chatting and Keith walked up, we would absolutely continue chatting. We wouldn't snub well, him. Well, oh, okay. okay. Well, okay. <laughs> well if, if Rufus walked up, we would continue chatting. So For <laughs> sure. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yep. Rufus says he's busy making whips at the moment. So there you go. That we're hopefully inspired. That's a valid excuse. That it is. It is. I would be doing that myself, actually, if it wasn't wasn't for these videos. I've got uh, two of them I'm making over here. Yep. But uh, that, that's great, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to see what can happen virtually. I know that uh, Blake Bruning has a video series that he's been selling. Um, that's I I actually went through that and I made uh, a twelve pat um, indie style over there. And a couple of four-footers. And it, it was great. It was my first experience really making a leather whip from scratch. I was going through yeah. his his uh, videos. So, yeah, there's there's a market, man. Uh, yeah, I know. But <laughs> it's also great. You know, there's so much information on YouTube. There is. The really bad, bad thing is that it's sort of scattered all over the place. So you get bits and pieces from different makers and, you know, you might work that into your own personal style, mm -hmm. but it could also be that if one maker shows you a particular way of doing things, that might be very particular to their their way of the exactly. build press. So you right. get to sort of mismatch bits and pieces here and there. But um, in in one of the uh, whip making books, actually, there was a, as a quote. I forget who said it, but it was there is your style of making whips and then there's the wrong way of making whips and yeah. <laughs> that every whip maker will say that there's my way and there's the wrong way <laughs> exactly you know and but, you know that's sort of what's so fun with whips in general because i i i think that um if the whip cracks regardless of how much brute force you have to use to crack it if it can produce a crack the whip is functional Absolutely. Then it can be more or less functional, but so many things in whip making is all about personal preference. You know, oh, for it's sure. like you, if you take 10 chefs, they'll probably make you 10 different lasagnas, and everyone is going to think that their lasagna is the best. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, it's all up to your taste, which restaurant. That's right. My mom. I'm always put squash in hers, probably to get me to eat my vegetables. But <laughs> I think that would be uh, a sin for most people. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get that though. And actually, along that same line of the way we make whips, one way or another way, different ways, we have a question from Keith. He's asking us, Johnny, do you do anything differently for your transitions to make a whip more for routines or targeting? I wouldn't say I uh, do anything differently with the transitions. Uh, let's see. I think I've got a, a handle foundation here somewhere. Handle foundation. Uh, generally, I want a bit of a rollout mm -hmm. from the handle. But right. I also like the sort of um, flicks you get from the end of the handle from a stock whip, say. So... I don't, I know I have a video on YouTube explaining my way of binding the transition where I bind, you know, quite a bit out into the right. thong or the flexible 
part, but since that video, things have changed. So the only thing I do really for the transition nowadays is add maybe two inches of binding, just, you know, sort of past the end of the handle. And mm. the only reason I do that is because if, for whatever reason, the whip were to bend sharply right at the end of the handle, I don't want it to bend uh, against the uh, steel. So if sure, I have yeah. hard binding a quarter inch past the handle, it will bend at the uh, end of the binding. Right. So it, it's just sort of a, a fail safe, really. It's nothing um, to produce a specific sort of transition or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, that's essentially what I do. So some of the other whip makers I've talked to have talked about pluses and minuses of using binding to get the tension of that transition and the the tension of the, the taper, if you will, the taper of the transition from stiff yep. to flexible, right? Um, and literally that the tightness of the strands themselves can be, I mean, those are binding, right? Each yep, strand sure. is, is binding around the previous layer, the, yep. the bolster or previous bellies. And are you consciously thinking about that, how you're trying to be really cranking it down on those, on that first foot, on that first uh, couple of feet versus, uh, or what? How does that work for you? Yeah, well, for, for me personally, what, what I tend to do is for the uh, first belly, I braid the whole thing quite hard. You know, I want the handle and the first section of the thong coming off the handle to be the, the tightest, really, because I don't want any twisting in the handle. Sure. And uh, I want a really good, strong transition area. So, but the, the, the first belly, I normally braid at an equal tension, if you will. When I get onto the second belly, I normally do an eight plat second belly. Uh, so I go really hard on the handle. And uh, when I get to the end of the handle, I um, switch it up to a checkerboard instead of the herringbone, because the checkerboard pattern is sort of less resilient to bending. I mean, it will True. bend perfectly fine, but it's just a bit stiffer. So maybe about the first foot from the transition is a diamond plat. Interesting. And then I go back to the regular herringbone again. And um, for the overlay, I essentially go as hard as the strands will allow for the handle. And I maintain that for the first, yeah, 12 inches of the thong. And then I gradually ease off just a wee bit to get a nice rollout. Right. And I think that's where some of the experience of the Whipmaker really shows too, is that it's very easy for there to be a noticeable drop in the tension when it's a newer whip maker. I know some of my early whips definitely show that. And it's just due to tension inconsistencies. Yeah. Probably no, where because I, when, when, break. when you have, a say, a, a second belly, you have your braided portion of the belly, mm -hmm. and that has some rigidity to it because it's braided tightly. Right. So it has uh, stiffness. But when the braiding terminates and you're left with the strand ends, they're just hanging off. True. So when you cover that with the overlay, you need to have the overlay really firmly on there, not to have a sort of kink or a big drop yeah. in, um, in the tension. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really so good tip. Just, what, yeah, one of many things just to keep in mind. 
Uh, Rufus is saying that's what I do on my bullwhip with the single diamond pattern. Yeah, I think I think Nick put that in his 2020 build um, instruction as well. His video he released okay. a couple of months ago um, on his bellies. He does the single diamond over the transition area. That's so cool. Great minds think alike, I guess. Maybe. And Keith is calling you a total Viking, by the way, with your beard. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I could have put a braid in it, perhaps. I mean. The, the strands of your competition whip, it's almost the same width as your beard hairs. My goodness. Those are yeah. great strands. <laughs> for, for, for the 2022 competition, I might make a whip out of white you, you hair. Should do, hair. do that. Yeah, horns on it and everything. I think it would be yep. perfect. For sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of some silly whips, if you will, I your April Fool's videos have always been the joy of the last few years, by the way, I, I, I look forward to 2021. It's uh, it's always in, encouraging. <laughs> um, I'm still looking forward to the, uh, the, the data capture chip in the heel of. Uh, yeah. I'm still working on it. I hope right. we have it out late this year, but um, I'll keep everyone posted. <laughs> Please do. That, that's great. And, and this is the sort of thing that I was looking forward to with, with these sort of chats that we can have people asking questions and exchanging information. Um, I wish I had something to return with, with knowledge, but I feel, I feel like I would be preaching to the choir as it were. Well, I'm, I'm enjoying talking to you, Christian. So Absolutely. I'm happy. Absolutely. <laughs> well, great. Um, did you come on the video you submitted? Did you do a double hand as well? Or you just do the single or do a performance or? No, I just did a single, a single with okay. freestyle because uh, you know I, I've got a couple of matched pairs and I try to get into the uh, mm -hmm. uh, two-handed stuff. But it, again, when it when it comes to my interest in whips, you know, learning very advanced and complex techniques that's really just not my sure. cup of tea, really. As, as far as, you know, double whip stuff, the only thing I really want to learn is the Queensland crossover because it's a really nice, you know, routine to have both whips yeah. going. But other than that, I, I don't really aspire to learn too much because, you know, I, I really just, like I mentioned earlier, just want to enjoy the whip, really. Right, right. Do you think there could be another, I don't know if you'd call it a, a video competition like we're doing here, but something else that would better appreciate that sort of thing that you appreciate to say, these are the best feeling, <laughs> which <I> mean, <laughs> I, yeah, they look yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. the best feeling. I, I don't know. Maybe we just call it flow arts or that's maybe that's the performance. Yeah. It's really hard to say, man, because, you know, even, you know, having the virtual competition is absolutely fantastic. Like I was saying before, you know, having so many more people being able to just join in, but there's quite a, a bit of um, stuff that really don't translate that well into video or the virtual world. Uh, I was talking to uh, Peter Thorndike uh, regarding the possibility of uh, still having the uh, whip making competition, but in a virtual form. So just mm -hmm. send pictures, you know, of a nice whip you made. But it, I, I really don't think that's a good idea because if we're going to do a virtual whip-making competitions, 
if you i'm not saying that people would cheat you could you know you could easily hide you know flaws you know with just the right angle and if someone has a really really nice camera being able to produce really high quality pictures they might be ahead of you but you know it's it's sort of unfair Uh, i i feel like for whip making competition is especially the judges should be able to really, you know, scrutinize the whip and look at every tiny aspect of it. Right. Well, one uh, thing I heard, yeah. and maybe you can attest to this, as I didn't get to use Nick's, I haven't used Nick's uh, winning bullwhip, but I heard that the flow on that one was just incredible. This isn't that, yeah. that that was really what everyone commented on and what pushed him over the edge. And yeah. that's something that you wouldn't be able to, to judge at all. Exactly. With, even if because, it was, you know, yeah. as, as far as I recall and remember, generally whip making competitions, you know, both the one in LA and traditionally in mm-hmm. Australia are judged, you know, 50% on the appearance and looks and the 50% are yeah. um, the function. So if you have a really nice whip, but it doesn't handle, you fall, you know, straight down. And same if you have a really nicely working whip, but it looks horrible, you're still going to be way down. So you have to have a really nice looking whip and a really high performing whip as well. Right. So I think that would mean is that at best we could get half of the, half of the data we need to judge it. So, yeah. right. No, I, I can, I can understand that. And doing some sort of, and maybe it would be that in-person thing for future years. And I, I mean, like I have in my notes here for, to ask about, you know, how'd you make your routine and how, what did you do on all these different things? But on the flip side, on my flow chart is that if you didn't submit it, why not? And I, these are the sort of questions that I think are important to explore for, you know, I want to grow this community. I, I love talking to other whip makers and whip crackers and, you know, what is it that you love about it and how can we have something that, you know, feeds your needs, whoever the you is I'm talking to. And, you know, hearing these sort of things from you is it's really important. So thank you very much. And hopefully Adam will hear these as well for future, uh, future routines and future um, competitions or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Rufus just commented and what looks good is purely subjective. Yeah, so, for, sure. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like if you were you know, extremely averse to snakes, I don't think Blake Gory would have won, for example, <laughs> but it's <laughs> such a stunning whip. Yeah. That what's, yeah. So if anyone else in the chat has any questions, definitely shout out and we'll be happy to, to address them. Um, let me just scan through these real quick. Looks like Eddie Vasquez joined us. Howdy, Eddie. Good to, good to see you. Welcome, to welcome. To, with all you guys soon. Um, Johnny, are there any questions for you from you to me or that you want to talk to the whip community about anything on your, on your heart? Well, not a, on top of my head, you know, again, you know, I think it's fantastic, you know, for, um, it's a fantastic initiative to make these interviews. Oh, well, thank really. you. And like I said, I was enjoying the one I was uh, looking at earlier with Justin. I hope to be, there will be plenty more to watch because, you know, uh, again, you know, the, the primary thing with, with the um, LA WhipCon is the whole social aspect of it. Exactly. I mean, the competitions are good and fun and stuff like that, but, you know, it, for me personally, you know, just hanging hanging around with everyone, having conversations, stuff like that, uh, is the absolute yes. best. 
So, um, you know, it is, it is what it is, you know, but this is really a great initiative and I thank you for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I look forward to meeting you in person one day and maybe at yeah, LA next year. You, so that, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> All right. Assuming COVID-3 doesn't start or something. Yeah. <laughs> so t- tell us if if we are so impressed by all your words of wisdom today and we want to buy a whip from the Johnny, how would we, how would we go about that? And um, tell me, tell me how I can support you if need be. Yeah. Well, uh, essentially you just need to get in touch with me. Really. I'm all over Facebook. I'm on Instagram, uh, recently ventured onto Reddit as well. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> trying to um, figure out how um, the site works because I've, I feel like a hedgehog in a balloon house. Every, everything I touch on Reddit sort of yes, that, that, turns into... Yeah. That's a very good, but, <laughs> good description. So essentially, you just need to get in touch with me. My website is uh, witchcraftwhips.se. You could also shoot me an email at info at witchcraftwhips.se. Uh, just find me anywhere and I'll help you out for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I hope everyone goes over and checks you out and sends you lots of business. So <laughs> thank you again for joining me. me. And anyone else watching this, if you're interested in chatting with the WIP community or just want to talk with me, that's fine. Let me know. And I look forward to talking with everyone. Thank you again, Johnny. And I hope you thank have you a great day. Thank you again, Johnny, for being on the show with me. And once again, if you're interested in seeing the video of this, Go over to YouTube and do a search for Whip Chat. That's Whip Space Chat. And uh, you can see this and uh, several other videos, um, quite a few actually, about uh, interviews and all kinds of things about whips and whip making. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about Johnny, as he said in the show, that's uh, witchcraftwhips.se uh, at all the different social media places including his YouTube channel. So while you're there watching this interview, you can also go over and subscribe to his channel. And he has a lot of great videos as well. Definitely check out his. Thank you again, Johnny. And thanks to you all for listening. Keep cracking. All right.